0: (laughs) all right buddy so uh i teased it there let's get to this great interview michael katz he's been on the show a number of times this is the best interview yet you guys are gonna like this one all right we're pleased to once again be joined by michael katz of course we've had him on the show a number of times covers old miss for the dj journal and i come to find out this week he drives a subaru how you doing katz
1: yeah, I didn't realize that was going to be such a a decisive, uh, divisive thing. Like I, you know, I'm from California, so but I lived in like the Mountain West territory, so like Idaho, Wyoming, like you have to have a Subaru there, or or something like of that nature. And so I bought that car when I was in Boise. Um, and so I I once when, when a, a radio host today was like, I bet you drive a Subaru, and I I kind of paused and I was like, I actually do. And then he was like. Uh, I bet you you play disc golf. And I was like, I'm not even kidding. I just had that conversation last week. And he's like, I bet you like craft beer. And I was like, why are you in my head? Like, this, I feel seen right now. This is really
0: weird. Um, well, that's where I draw the line, cats. because, hell, I, anything with alcohol, I'll drink it. And uh, craft beer, I got no problem with that.
1: Yeah, no. But So so do you have a problem with the Subaru, though? Because I guess I, I won't be picking you up anytime soon if you do. It's <laughs> I fine. I mean, not
0: really. I'm not, a, honestly, I'm not a car guy, but it just seems like around here, if you don't drive a truck, um, you don't know what the hell you're doing. And the I'm the reason I'm anti-truck is because I don't want everybody I know to be, hey, I got to move a couch. Hey, I got to move a bed and, and calling me up. So I don't think I'll ever own a truck, to be honest with you.
1: You're everybody's friend when you have a truck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's dangerous. You have a lot of favors.
0: Well, I'll tell you who's everybody's friend in the damn transfer portal. We all know it. Lane Kiffin, the transfer, Portal King. Did you see the comments uh, late last week? I kind of roasted him for it. I'm curious to know what you thought. He, he was mad. I think he was mad more about tampering than anything else. But uh, what what'd you make of that exchange if you saw it on Feinbaum? Basically, he just said, you know, they're, they're, they're coming after the best running back in the country. He's on my roster. And I thought that was illegal, on and on and on. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, so with 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 Lane there there's always um there's there's a few things he really wants to talk about. There's some things he absolutely never wants to talk about, like injuries and uh, you know is you know stuff like that. But like The Auburn when, job. <laughs> well he talks about it now. Uh, <laughs> as you might have seen on ESPN.com or uh, a few days ago at, at his press conference. But um one thing that he's really outspoken on is is the portal in playing the game, but also, um, the, the, I mean, I, I want to say the dirty part and there's dirty parts in all of this, but, um, w- without even being prompted, he has told us uh, a couple of times that Quinshawn Judkins was basically being recruited, um, without being in the transfer portal, uh, which it, by the rules is very much not, you know, that's very much illegal. Right. Um, I, I think Lane does everything with a purpose. He's very intentional with the way he does things. He doesn't just say things to say them. I I know it sometimes seems that way. Uh he's 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 really intentional with with, with what he decides to talk about and who he talks to it about and how he talks about it. And um you know, do do I personally know if if Quinchon was recruited? I you know I'm not going to get that information. Um, You know, we, we talked to him because uh, we're not usually we're not allowed to talk to freshmen. So we talked to him for the first time uh, a couple weeks ago, which is crazy. Like the SEC's one of the best running backs in the league. We'd never talked to, Um and he's like he's you know he was asked about it and he was very buttoned up about it, which you know you would expect for a 19 year old to to you know and probably best to avoid the topic altogether but um you know I, I, I you know i i don't know what happened with that but i do know that there's probably a reason lane is making a point of it and it's it's when you know cuz some sometimes the transfer portal levels the playing field right because you can you can get the five stars that you couldn't get before that didn't work out in another place you know, Ole Miss wasn't getting Jackson dart um before but they got another chance they got them this time but there's still some inconsistencies in terms of the playing field you know they find ways to the good teams always kind of end up having a little bit of an edge um and so when there's money involved as as can be now um you know and that's what this always it, it's what the conversation usually comes down to is nil and who's offering more and. Um, you know, it's, Lane's brought up the idea of contracts. You're usually going to go where there's more money. That's just how it works. Um, I, I think he's 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 probably making a point that, like, th- there's going to be some unfair stuff happening here because those schools that are always really good at this are going to be really good at this too because they have the resources. And so uh, I think he's he's probably trying to get something, you know, he he has said that this is not sustainable, like how it is right now. It, 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 something has to happen. Uh, and I think he's trying to get traction on that because when Lane talks, people listen because uh, he doesn't talk about a ton of stuff, but when he does, it's, it's, it, it's usually for a reason.
0: Now, let me ask you this, cause this is something I'm very fascinated by just given the fact that uh, Lane Kiffin has been wildly successful. I don't, I mean, I, th- I think you could argue he's been much more successful or certainly as successful as Hugh Freeze. I'm just looking at the recent history of the program. But uh, last season ended poorly, obviously. There was all the speculation and and fans. It seemed like by the end of all that and by by how the season ended, there was some animosity. Now, certainly not within the athletics program. I mean, they just gave Miss Monster contracts. So I'm not insinuating he's on any kind of hot seat that even for the sec that'd be crazy but i'm just wondering if um has the majority of the fan base warmed back up to him have they forgotten about that or do they need to see some wins in the fall do you think to to kind of get back on the bandwagon
1: i think winning helps with everything but um you know there's like moments where it seems like everything that happened last thanksgiving ish which is when all the auburn stuff came to its its fullest uh the monday of the egg bowl i think is when it all kind of happened um i think like now that it's it's april like a lot of people have just kind of not like forgotten about it but they don't really care anymore but then like this espn story drops and it's brought (laughs) back up again and people are talking about it again and like i don't think people want to hear about it anymore um you know i i it's it's like every time that like someone tweets something that he said, they're like, we don't care anymore. You didn't go to Auburn. And it's like, I think there's a little bit of a, a like, okay, we get it. It was a thing. Let's like all move on because we don't want it to happen again. Yeah, uh, And so I think there's there's always going to be like the purists who are like, he's not an Ole Miss guy because he thought about leaving, you know, the Tommy Tupperville uh, kind of thing. Uh, but I think ultimately – the majority of fans and uh, the ones who understand how this all works um, know that it's a business, and I know the athletic department understands that too. I've talked to Keith Carter about this. You can't take it personally. This is just how it works, and um, you know it, it is what it is. He he's he's here, and uh, you know ultimately this this football program's in a way better place than it was a couple years ago after Hugh and and everything that happened there and the Matt Luke stuff this program's on pretty solid footing right now and so i think um the majority of people understand that that um you know you're we're, we're they're you i think fans can say we're in a far better place than we were in 2019 uh when uh you know elijah moore pretended to take a whiz on the field uh, i think things are in i think most fans would agree they're in a better place uh right now but I, I think there's always going to be some people who are, you know, wondering if if he's uh, – you know, how invested he is in it. Because, like, this has been his – Lane does not stay places very long. It, it, I, the stat was, like, if he makes it through, like, midway this season, it'll be the longest he's ever been at a place, which is crazy to mm-hmm. think about. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think there's always going to be questions. And I think this might be something that we just do every year because <laughs> – his name's always going to be hot. Uh, that's just kind of the way it is. And, um, you know, if you, if you're playing the business part of it, you probably want your name to be out there because it means more money from you from whatever ends up happening. But I think the majority of fans understand that they're they're this program's in a better place. Now, I I don't know if that means that their win loss record is better this next year because their, their schedule is brutal. Um, you have Tulane as one of your non-conference games in New Orleans. Um, you know I'm a USC grad. I have been hurt by Tulane very recently. <laughs> I have seen what they. I wasn't can even going to bring it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I've I've seen it with my own eyes. Tulane's really good, and they kept their coach, and that's they got a quarterback back, and uh, that that's that's going to be a fun one. Um, and then they've got a stretch where I'm not sure of the exact order, but it's, it's like Bama, Auburn, LSU, and Arkansas all in a row, and they play at Georgia. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's tough. That's really tough. And so I think this team's better than it was. Um, you know, Jackson Darden, I'm sure we'll we'll want to talk about him, but he, he's looked great this spring. The defense, they bring in Pete Golding. You assume that there's some amount of, of improvement there. And I don't know if the record gets better because the schedule's so much worse. Like, if they had the same schedule they had this year, you might be looking at, like, a 10-win team. Um, but the schedule is just – it's brutal. There's there's no – there's there are really no – it sounds cliche, but there are no days off, weekends off in the SEC. Unless, like – you can't even say Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's pretty good. They're building something there. Like, there, there's, there are no really bad – you know, circle them on your calendar. This is the win. Was I think Vander, wasn't Vanderbilt beating them at halftime? They were at halftime. Right. They were up, and I was like, "What is happening here?"
0: And then Ole Miss, I think, won like forty-two to zero in the second half. So yeah,
1: Ole Miss remembered that <laughs> Vanderbilt had very bad pass defense. Jackson okay. Dart through for like four hundred fifty yards. Jonathan Mingo had uh, two hundred and seventy yards, whatever it was. That's when uh, Lane was trying to get him the record. So they were up by like twenty. <laughs> starters. And I was like, "That's perfect."
0: Do you think we're ever going to get to a point where Lane Kiffin's Twitter is, uh, uh, you know, censored a la Hugh Freeze down at Auburn? Because surely, surely no one is approving these messages Lane Kiffen's putting out.
1: I think like when you, when you hire somebody like that, I think you have to understand that part of it is letting him be him. And yeah. And that's part of his brand is like the unfiltered trolling kind of being the heel to everybody and like kind of getting under everybody's skin a little bit, but like not enough to the point where it's like, like vile or vulgar or like that egregious. But like even the other day, like you texted me, he was tweeting about the Florida spring game. It was like seven to seven or whatever. Um, And he did the flame emojis or whatever it was. And then at, after their spring game, which was like a 50 something to 50 something game, he's like, yeah, we like exciting spring games. And I was like, because he's like, because you see these zero-zero games. I was like, man, it's it's there's always there's always a purpose to everything. And so, uh, I, I I don't think, I think you hire him like when he's your head coach, you know that there's just some things you got you, you gotta let him do it. And then for the most part, he doesn't screw it up. He he toes the line every once in a while, and I'm sure he's he's probably had some conversations, but. Uh, I I don't think it's uh, it's at risk of the alleged Hugh Freeze censored somebody else running it what whatever that situation is I'm still not I still don't have a ton of clarity on on what the, the bylaws were uh, in, in that one in his contract <laughs> on who gets to run his Twitter or whatever but uh, I think you just gotta let Lane be Lane it's 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 the same reason you let him go for fourth downs yep, uh, yep. as much as he does it's because it's just so he is and, and you hired him and, and that's that's the reason you did is cause he does things a little different.
0: See now I, I just think he's playing four D chess, Cats, and, and he's sitting here saying when Florida fires Billy Napier in November. No oh. <laughs> Remember, you know who puts up points in these I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just letting you know. That's happening. That his name be, his name will be rumored.
1: Well, are you saying that Billy Napier are you already calling your shot that it's gonna happen already? No, I,
0: I'm just I'm, – I'm basically all in on trolling Florida at this point in time. But sure. if if there's heat, yeah, Lane Kiffin will be mentioned there. But let's get back to Ole Miss, of course. Jackson Dart, you mentioned him. Is this thing – is it over before it even began? Because all indication that I'm hearing is, is Jackson Dart is – I mean, it would, it would take a lot for Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard, as talented as they may be, to overcome Jackson Dart. What, what's your read on the situation?
1: I mean, Jackson had an amazing spring, and there's there's no way around it. In, and in, um, you know, it, it's one thing to have like the head coach tell you that, and there's you know, it's coach speak is what it is. But like every player that we talked to was like, this is a different guy. And we go to practices, and we see it. And he's not making the crucial mistake. He looks comfortable physically. He looks he looks bigger. He was already a pretty big kid. Uh, he 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 looks the part even more so now. Um, and he's, he just looks comfortable all around and, and relaxed and, uh, man, he was, he was thrown. I know that he, he started, he played at, at USC, uh, as a true freshman, but that was such a different offense. That was an air raid. I mean, that was going from that to what Ole Miss and, and Lane and Charlie Weiss Jr. do was so different. And, um, I do think there's something to be said for that adjustment, and I know Lane said it a few times last year. That's like he's almost having a second freshman season. I don't know if you go that far with it, but it was an adjustment, and, and he just looks—he looked like a different guy. And um, you know, the spring game, his completion percentage wasn't great. Uh, he had some drops, but he didn't turn the ball over. And that's—that's—that's that's, that's the thing with him is if you can avoid the big mistake, he's going to make some really good things happen because he's got a really good arm talent. And he can move the ball with his legs. And, um, you know, I, I think the team really rallies behind him, too. He's, he's, a, he's a magnetic kind of personality. I think people really like Jackson Dart. And if you talk to him, you, you get it. Um, he's just kind of got that energy uh, about him. Um, that being said, like, if you're Spencer Sanders, I don't think you transferred to a place if you didn't think you had a chance. Yeah, uh, especially when you've started four years and you've got one left. Like, I don't think you go to Ole Miss when they tell you you're going to be a backup. That seems insane. I, I don't think you're you sign up for that. So and Spencer, his he looked really good in the spring game. He was a little bit limited uh, over the spring um, with a shoulder injury that he had uh, at state at Oklahoma State that limited him a little bit last year. Um, but you know, he, he, again, he's got a track record. Like he can play his first team all big 12. He, he is a good player. Um, Walker Howard might've been the best quarterback at the spring game. He looked amazing. <laughs> he's got a big arm and, uh, he just, he's, he's looked really good all spring too. And so I know you take everything this spring with a grain of salt, just because like we, you know, once a year, you see like a walk on guy who has like 140 yards in the spring game. And you're like, Look for him in the fall, and then he catches, like, two passes the entire year. Because <laughs> that's, you know, certain guys show up, and it's, it's, all, it's all so uh, different in the spring. That being said, I, I do believe that Jackson Dart has, has, I mean, it'd be foolish to think he doesn't have the edge. Uh, I'm not sure, like, people want to talk about, like, an open quarterback competition. I, I don't, and I think, like, Lane kind of skirted around that, too, and, and I said, it's competition it's making everybody better um he 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 brought it up the other day um if you're a baseball team you don't just want one starting pitcher who's good you want a bunch of starting pitchers who are good that's how you build a team and you know because because his he had said uh well you can only play one and he's like well you know why wouldn't you have want to have a lot of good ones uh because what if something happens um you know, if if somebody, you know, heaven forbid, somebody gets hurt, you want to be in a good spot and not be putting in a guy who isn't going to be able to win games. And so uh, I do think there is something to be said for just improving the quality of the room. Um, but uh, I, you, you got to think just with the way Dart looked and the way people talked about him and just the natural maturation of a guy from year one to year two, uh, you, you would have to think he's in a pretty good spot. But again, there's that part of me that's like, Why, what, what's Spencer Sanders' play here? Like he, what does he know that we don't know or why he came here in the first place? And so it's, it's, it's always, it's Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are always one to monitor, as you know, there's always something going on to make it complicated. It's just another, it's another day on the Ole Miss beat, uh, just trying to see how, how it all shakes out. But Jackson's looked really good and I would have to think that he's, he's, he's put himself in a pretty good spot.
0: And I'm not saying this is what happened, cats, but you, you could, you could convince me that they brought in Spencer Sanders just so he wouldn't go to Auburn to connect with old Hurry.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there's a little gamesmanship uh, that is that has been floated around, and uh, you know what? The way the game is played in this, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say there's no way. Um, yeah, right, right. Because you know, if you got him, someone else doesn't. So exactly, exactly. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to rule it out because it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gamesmanship going around these days. Well, the other
0: big addition that Ole Miss had this off season, Pete Golding, of course, a new defensive coordinator, um, thoughts on, on what you've seen from him at practice. It's obviously way too early to know if he will be an upgrade, like I assume he will be, but, uh, any, you know, talking to the players or anything, the energy at practice and what can you tell us about Pete Golding, uh, down there in Oxford?
1: there There was a, a an energy when players talk about him. And I think part of it is like because he has cachet. like he's a guy that people know. He's a big name. He's getting he got a big contract. Uh, you know, I know Alabama fans feel certain ways about Pete Golding, but uh, for the most part, he's a guy that people have a lot of, you know, positive feelings about around college football. And Olmis was able to get him. And so, Um, I know players were like really excited. And when, you know, we asked them like, you know, what were your thoughts when you heard that it was happening and they were all really excited because they understand his track record and the players that he's helped develop and that he's had. Um, And obviously part of that's recruiting too. Uh, You know, Will Anderson, I don't know if if there's a Will Anderson currently on Ole Miss's roster uh, just in terms of, you know, pure that type of player. But I think they're excited about, his track record and i also think um just the way the season ended last year um particularly with them the way they got gashed in the run game it was really i mean it was really bad um they just could not stop the bleeding mississippi state ran the ball pretty well against them and that was you know that again that was that was mike leach's rest in peace you know last game uh and they're running the air raid is running the ball on you at will that's a tough it's a tough look right (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so I I think they're excited too, that the defense is going to be different just schematically. Um, you know, the, the three, two, six, there's just games where it's just not going to work when they want to run the ball on you. You can't have two linebackers undersized linebackers, um, and a bunch of defensive backs, because as we saw against Arkansas, Mm uh, they're going to figure it out. They're going to exploit it. They're going to make your life miserable. And so I think there's excitement too about, the defense being more multiple and, and it being more geared uh to stop the things that really kind of did them in down the stretch. Um I, it, yeah, we, again, we haven't, we haven't talked to Pete Golden yet because, you know, we only get to talk to uh coordinators once a year. It's in August. Uh That's the Saban <laughs> school of, of doing things, one voice for the program, all that kind of stuff. Um And so we, we, we haven't gotten to pick his brain yet, but, Players have been really high on just his, his football intelligence and the way that he kind of does things. Uh, there's an excitement for sure. And I know the spring game, it's like when there's 50, 105 points scored, whatever it was, people are like, oh, God, here we go again. Uh, but the defense, they had like two, you know, like play, play calls they could run. Uh, Lane has said that, you know, the offense was supposed to be vanilla too, but the uh, assistants <laughs> took some liberties with play calling. <laughs> Uh, and maybe ran some plays they weren't supposed to run that kind of caught the defense off guard. Then he's also talked about the fact that, you know, you don't want a 7-7, you know, spring game. You want to get people excited. Uh, So the defense was behind the eight ball the whole time. So I don't think people should put any stock in what they saw um, in the spring game. Yeah. Uh, But but I think, you know, this spring too was about uh, learning the playbook and figuring out where guys fit. And, you know, there were a lot of guys who didn't play this spring. Uh, that figure to be a big part of what the defense looks like. So, um, it's a long-winded way of saying I don't think we know a ton yet, other than the fact that players seem really excited about the move.
0: All right, final question for you, Michael. Really appreciate your time. But uh, you know, maybe what is the biggest question that you had coming into spring that you you feel like you you found an answer to uh, during camp, and maybe same thing. What is the biggest question that remains heading into fall for old miss
1: i mean it's this is the cheap way out but uh my biggest question was about the quarterbacks what (laughs) what what is dart what is he how does he handle this right not everybody is going to handle it really well some people are going to be like i'm out and they're going to be despondent about it they're going to handle it a certain way jackson's handled it really really well and i think he's a guy he's he's a He's the cliche like chip on the shoulder guy. I think he's better when there's doubters or there's competition. Iron sharpens iron, sharpens iron, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, You know, I I wasn't sure how he was gonna react to it, and he's handled it exactly the way that he needs to, Um, and he's he's gotten a lot better because of it. You know, the season didn't end like that long ago, and the jump that he's made from that Texas Bowl to now. Um, and I, again, I know it's spring and things look different than they will in a real game, but, um, it's night and day from basically anybody you talk to and and he, he acknowledges it too. Um, he, he, he feels like he's a different quarterback. Um, and so, you know, I I was curious, you know, is Spencer Sanders just going to walk in here and just take it and Jackson darts pouting, you know, yeah, I wasn't sure, how that dynamic was going to work. Jackson there has handled it really, really well. And he's, he's become a, a, a better player for it. I like, guess the thing I'm not really sure about yet um, is the, is, and this kind of seems like a, a question like every year is, is, is which Michael trigger are going to see? Um, he's got four touchdowns in, in, in two spring games here. And it always looks like he's going to be like, the, he, he looks like he should be the breakout guy, right? And they brought in a tight end from Memphis, Caden Prescorn, who was a, uh, he's a really good player. And Lane has said they haven't had a tight end like him who can kind of do everything. You know, Ole Miss has kind of had specialty um, tight ends, you know, Kenny Yaboa was, was a kind of a slot ish guy. Trig is kind of in that mold, not a guy you necessarily going to put in line a ton. And so, you gotta f- like figure out like we know how talented Michael Trigg is. We've seen it. There's a reason everybody wanted him. But what does the, the the playing share look like, a- and and how does he handle the competition? Um, you know, he, he he got suspended toward the end of last year. Um, he 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 um you know he he had some things to work on, and so I, I'm curious where he's at mentally um we know the physical part's going to be there everybody can see it um he looks like you know like when uh a high school you know it's varsity versus jv i mean he lo- he just looks like he's just older bigger faster stronger than everybody out there and we know it's there the question is is he gonna get the opportunities because they brought in another guy to to kind of fill in the gaps that he doesn't do as well and you know what you're getting with Caden Prescorn. He was a he was an all-AAC guy at Memphis last year. He's a really good all-around player. You know what you're getting day in and day out. I don't know if we know what you're getting day in and day out from Michael Trigg yet. And, and I think that's that's the big mystery with him is is what which version of him are you going to get? Are you going to get the spring version that looks like uh, an All-American? Or are you going to get the one? I know he got hurt last year, but even before he got hurt... There was inconsistency. He just didn't always show up in games. And so uh, that's, that's the one thing I want to see is is which Michael Trigg is almost going to get this year.
0: Yeah, anytime someone says Michael Trigg, all I think about is that there's a highlight of him at USC breaking like seven, eight tackles, looking like oh, damn LeBron James of college football or something. So if they get that guy, man, they're going to be tough to stop. You know what?
1: Yeah, no. And I, and I, that's, that's why, that's why they took him, Right. Because you see like that. Elaine has said it like that, that those physical attributes don't just come along. Like you can find good tight ends and and big receivers, but like that package is really, really rare. Mm -hmm. So if you have a chance to pick that up, like you are betting on the fact that he's going to figure it out. And uh, you know, if he can figure it out for a, for a whole season, man, he's, is he's going to make himself a lot of money soon in the NFL because he's got everything you could possibly want in terms of of, of the big, strong, receiving tight end who's the ultimate mismatch.
0: Well, Mike, I really appreciate all your time. Before you go, can you tell the audience where's the best place
1: to find all your work? Yeah, so you can find me at uh, djournal.com. It's the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Uh, if you if you want to look at the tweets, I always give a disclaimer. <laughs> A lot of stuff that doesn't involve anything that you probably care about. But if you do want to see the tweets, it's at Michael L. Katz, and that's K-A-T-Z. Uh, a lot of different things going on on the Twitter feed, but uh, if, if there's something, uh, if there's Ole Miss news in there, uh, you you can be sure that it, w- it will be in there somewhere, just the matters, like, where it is on the timeline. Uh, <laughs> something dumb might happen, and I'll probably have a tweet about it. So.
0: All right, so just want to say thanks again, Michael, for joining the show. Yeah. You can find his Twitter handle. And a uh, w- uh, link to his website, the DJ Journal, in the show notes. But man, I apologize, cool dude. Shane. Yeah, I met him down there at that are SC- at oh, the yeah, SEC right. Media Days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a cool, cool cat. Pun intended.